This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. some really familiar faces and I felt that this morning I just want to let you know I I feel this is going to be like a prophetic preach for you and I'm going to introduce another metaphor into your language so I had the metaphor of the sailing boat of not rowing but sailing letting the spirit of God fill your sails but actually being a crew that is fit and active actually got themselves in the boat but I'm going to add another metaphor into your conversation for this year and that is one of a bow and arrow, and, uh, and firing arrows of victory as a church. That you're not just clinging on, uh, you're not just being blown about, but you are confident. There is an anointing upon God first to fire arrows of victory in the purposes of God. Amen. And so I just want to try to catch everyone's eye, for the note takers as well as the uh, people who just look. I'm believing in God, this is a significant moment for you to consider and ponder that you'll weigh this anyway. I just don't want you to snooze your way through or to be entertained by a metaphor being played out. Are you up for that? Yes. So can I ask the Holy Spirit to help all of us yes. to receive something from me? How long have I got, Howard? Half an hour? Yes. Holy Spirit, come upon us now. Would you quicken hearts and souls? We pray for every child represented here. May they receive something of this, that this church family would continue to have all that she needs in the spiritual realm. Come, Holy Spirit, may a deposit be made to propel this church into the purposes of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So this is an us message, it's a we message, this is an our message. It's not e, me, my, just so we're clear at the beginning. We have to keep training ourselves after pandemic to think communally, don't we? So if you're able to, please turn in your Bible to 2 Kings. Do you want me further back, further forward, Tom? A little bit further back. So if you could turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 13. We're going to be looking at verses 14 to 19. I'm reading from the NLT. Hopefully this will now work. From the NLT. Here we go. 2 Kings 13, verses 14 to 19. When Elisha, this mighty prophet of God, was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. And then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. 
Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground with them three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'll be victorious only three times. So this passage tells us at least four things I want to uh, underline to you this morning. And the first is this, that God's people were under real pressure when we joined this story. So the people of God are being led, or certainly the Israelite side of this, a little bit more about this later, they're being led by a bad king. So at this period, Israel would either have good kings or bad kings. This was a bad king. He was evil. He reigned for 16 years. And when he came and lamented and cried to the prophet, it's because the armies that he'd inherited, the chariots and the charities, were weak. So militarily, he is weak. Aram is attacking, he's at the borders, and they know he's coming in. And Elisha, who's like their talisman, or they, although he's a prophet, but clearly God was with him, Elisha is dying. So God's people are under pressure militarily, they're somewhere at the border, their own forces are weak, and the prophet of God, who did amazing miracles, is weak, and this was bad news. And so the king comes, and he's under pressure. He's, he's lamenting, he's wailing. In fact, the evil king seeks out God's prophet. That's how bad things have become for the people of God. And in this moment, even though he's dying, Elisha receives him. So, Howard, you're going to be the bad king. Christopher, if you can run up forward, just want to act this out. Now, I've told Howard, do not load the arrow into the bow <laughs> and do not point it near anyone. Health and safety people are aware of why I'm saying this. So if you're going to stand, act this out. I've also told him not to be too distracting. So now, so Elisha, if you stand here, I just, no, act it out, don't distract. I've got to say this to these two because they love a bit of drama. So what we see, so first of all, Elisha tells him to just mime it, okay, Elisha? You can mime it. He's got, go and get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And then Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. So now there's an anointing from God. Don't miss the prophetic. There's an anointing from God now upon the king. Elisha, who's done mighty miracles, is laying hands on this bow. And then he commanded, open the eastern window. Remember, that's where they're coming from. And he opened it. And then he said, shoot. And so he shot an arrow. You gonna... Don't load it, Howard. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, man, I lied. Okay. Okay? And then he shot. Release it gently. Oh, everyone feels much better about that. <laughs> and then this is what Elisha says. This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. 
for you will completely conquer the Aramaeans at Aphek. That prophetic act, that anointing for victory over the enemies of God. And then he said, now pick up the other arrows. And when it says strike the ground, pick up three arrows. Just pick up three arrows, that's the story. (laughs) Three arrows. And now, just enact it, fire three more. So when it says strike the ground, the prophetic, it's not like he's banging it. He's striking the ground in the same way towards the east. He's firing three more arrows of victory. So just enact it. Make sure it's not loaded. Very good. Three times. (laughs) With sounds as well. So he's fired his first arrow of victory against Aphek. With the anointing of God, he's fired three more. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'll be victorious only three times. Can you see that prophetic imagery there? He's anointed by God to fire hours of victory and he only ends up firing four. Thanks, guys. Wonderful. No one was killed. I'm greatly relieved. Now, did you see that initially the king, when he wanted something, he was hugely obedient and quickly. He got a bow. He opened a window. And then he shot and he got his victory. So he was obedient. But his appetite for victory for God's people was low. Once he got what he wanted, he faded away. I'll settle for three more victories. He didn't empty the quiver of all the arrows. He was anointed by God for victory against the enemies of God. And he chose not to empty the quiver because he got all that he needed. So there some things there for, I just felt that God had stirred for me as I, I knew I was coming today and thinking about you. And the first thing I want to remind you is about the grace of God. Let me remind you of the grace of God. God is faithful to his purposes and his promises. His purposes and his promises. And when we as the people of God are under pressure, it's good to be reminded of that. We need to know the big story of God. We know, hopefully, that Abraham was given immense promises that all the people of the earth would be blessed through his offspring. Because we know that God wanted to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea. And so this promise was given to to Isaac and to Jacob and we see this promise making its way all the way down into Egypt and they come out as a mighty people through desert wanderings into the promised land and a, a kingdom is established and God is now amongst his people. Why? Because of the purposes of God. And his promises, that's the big story that's being outworked. And now a a kingdom is established, it peaks with David and then Solomon 
And then it goes into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah, north and south, good kings and bad kings. And we join one of those strands with Jehoash. And the people of God are under pressure once again. Jehoash, 16 years of evil rule, and yet still this evil king can come to the dying prophet and receive grace on behalf of the people of God. That's, that's what God's like. Because his agenda is way bigger than our own small stories. He's got a big story that's unfolding that we are all caught up in. We're not in Joash's day, we're in our days. When we come to God, we can almost presume upon the grace of God because who he is, because he's outworking his promises through us. Joash actually didn't get, a, didn't get what he deserved. But if you read on in the passage, three towns were won back. Those three arrows of victory resulted in three towns won for the people of God. You can see that in verse 25. It's an amazing story of the grace of God because of the purposes of God and the promises of God are true. They are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. The second thing I felt I wanted to underline this morning from this passage is prophetic obedience. Prophetic obedience. And more importantly for all of us this morning, the obedience is Jesus as Lord. Because Jehoash was only looking for salvation from God. He, he just wanted salvation. I've just got pressure right now from the Arameans at the border. And the Moabites are going to sweep through in the springtime. But I've got real and pressing danger now. I want salvation. Yeah. And he got what he wanted, but still missed a bigger story. Yeah. Sometimes you get what you think you want, and yet we still miss the bigger story in God. You see, Jehoash wanted salvation. He didn't want, as we would say, Jesus as Lord. I want to be saved, but Jesus doesn't just want to save us. He wants to be the Lord of our lives. I don't know the last time you've done an outside baptism. When was your last baptism here? It's been a while. Last summer. We did one last weekend, so we had it all played out for us, six people. And you see, again, people dying to the old way of life. They've buried themselves in death with Christ. And now they've been raised to a new life that's no longer theirs. The Bible describes them as, yes, saints, but also slaves of Christ, servants of Christ. When we became Christians, he's not just our saviour, he's also our Lord. Saviour and Lord. We come to Jesus as saviour and Lord. Third thing I want to say, and there's prophetic obedience in there. God is saying saviour and Lord. And I want to just touch on these arrows of victory. Aphek and the three towns were delivered. And I sense there's this prophetic moment in God first, that right now, that God is asking you, is calling you to some, to fire out arrows of victory into the church, into Cheltenham, 
and beyond. But what's your appetite? If you get what you want, Jesus is Saviour, what about Jesus as Lord? What is your appetite to fire out those arrows of victory? It's a, it's a prophetic moment. Could the, um, the eldership couples out, please? Could I just want to gather them out here? This isn't going to be a normal morning. Come on, we, don't, I, we were praying in the car for today that this would not be a normal morning. Could the uh, kind of, uh, I call them eldership couples, that we may not be the couples. lead couples. If you could, on that side, Steve and Joe, I'd much prefer. That seems a little more unified. That would be great. I specially selected these arrows because all their fletches are damaged on each one. It's not that we're firing perfect arrows, but we're firing what we have, knowing it's imperfect, Believing the purposes of God, in the grace of God, all shortfalls will be met by him. And I'm believing that this morning, that representing the wider church, and I'm going to pass around some arrows in a moment, I'm going to get Liz to pray, that you would contemplate, that you would dream, and say, what is God giving you anointing for as a church? Not just to be blown along, and that's a helpful metaphor, but there's believing for arrows of victory into the church, into Cheltenham and beyond. That you'd open up more than just an east window, but you would dare to believe there's, there's something more than that, east, west, north, south. So could uh, grab some arrows. Liz is going to pray. And in this moment, I'm believing God is doing something. I'm believing that this morning, that we're not spectating, that in the spiritual realms, as you would continually find yourself in your God-first communities midweek, there would be something. There's an arrow for everyone, almost. You, you, yeah, it's fine. There's six arrows. You can all good. But are you up for this? I feel like you, you're, we're all good. Give me a big thumbs up for Jesus. That'd be great. Not thumbs up for me. What we say, Jesus is Lord and Saviour. So Liz, can you just pray some of the stuff you're praying in the car? Is there a microphone she needs, or can it be picked up from me? I've got to remember what I prayed in the car now, haven't I? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come upon each of these leaders, I pray now. Come in power upon them. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now, even now, you be putting prophetic arrows in yeah. their thinking where it is you want them as a church to yeah. be firing out. And I just felt that God wants you to pick up some of the things that you've put down pre-COVID. You thought, nah, I'm not, we're not going to fire that one. That's been disappointing in the past. Or, no, that's too hard. Or that'll never happen. And I felt as well, perhaps an arrow of victory into the poor in this city, in this town, that you would, as a church, fire out arrows of victory, of love, of hope, of justice for those that find themselves in the places of the last and the least and the lowest. Holy Spirit, would you build faith in this team afresh? I pray for hope. I pray for expectation. 
I pray for joy. I pray for faith to go again. Oh God, may they be men and women who go again for you, who fire in expectation of all that you're going to do in and through this community, this body, this uh, expression of your bride, I pray in Jesus' name, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in Cheltenham and through this people, we pray. Amen. 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 And I just want to say what you already know. We commend you. We know that you can carry pressure as a team. We've watched you do that over the last two years. We know that you're open to the prophetic and your deep desire to be immediately obedient to the promptings of God. That they know this, that sometimes good things to speak out over you as a team. And we know your appetite for the things of God. We know that you want him to be your saviour and your Lord, that you're still in the game because you love God. And we commend you. We, as best we can, set you apart to go again in the purposes of God, to lead God first out of the pandemic with strength and vigour and energy. We're, we're, we're for you. You're holding arrows. Yes, they're damaged, but on behalf of everyone who's not even yet in the room, that there's a calling upon you both. Do you agree with me? I have a mighty congregational amen. 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 Thank you. Please, can you uh, put the arrows back in the quiver for now before they're fired out? No one's been injured yet. I'm aware that some of you could be sitting in your seats thinking, we'll see. I- I- I've heard this all before. Truth be told, maybe you're a bit cynical. You've carried disappointments, hurts, you're weary, you're tired. Do you know what? Just getting into the room today was enough. Just getting here, that's, that, that's all you're doing right now. Can you read on with me, please? Let's get to 20 and 21. 2 Kings 30, because this is not the end of the story. Amen. Come on. Verse 20, this is how you feel. Then Elisha died and was buried. You you feel like you're half dead spiritually, maybe physically you feel really unwell, or emotionally you're shocked. It's as if you're as good as dead. Verse 20, then Elisha died and was buried. And then groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. So they're massively under pressure. Arameans, Moabites, predictable, here they come. Oh, no. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Can you imagine that? If you're unaware of what was going on in our culture, we bury people in the ground and we rot. Other cultures, they burn them. In the Middle East, what they tend to do, they find a cave or they dig one out of soft rock they put them in there, and because of the, it's so dry, the bodies would desiccate, they would dry out, and all be left is dust. So when it talks about dust to dust, it doesn't mean much to us, does it? But for them, they would have known that a body goes to dust, but it takes a long time. They'd have these bones. You go into a cave, there'd be bones. So these uh, Israelites, they, they try to bury, I guess, a friend. There's obviously given dignity and honour, but they're fearful for their lives again, again. They throw a body... 
into a tomb, maybe they knew it was Elisha's, and boom, the man revives. The bones of the holy prophet revives him, which is I'm dramatic, off the charts, brilliant. I just want to let us know, this morning we're not looking for Elisha to come and lay hands on us. We're not looking for a tomb of a dead man, hoping that if we can find his bones, some holy relic, it's going to give us some life that sounds a bit spooky. Sisters, brothers, we come to someone so much better than Elisha. Don't go looking for his tomb. He's not in it. It it doesn't matter where they put him for those three days. Right now, he's in heaven. He's seated with the Father. And you don't need, in one sense, people to take you to him. You can come to him now. You can throw yourself onto Jesus right now. Or maybe you do need other people to help you do that again. You're so broken, you're so exhausted emotionally, you're so disappointed. You do need other people to bring you to Jesus so that you can throw yourself or be thrown upon Jesus to find life and resurrection life. That dead man did nothing. He was just cast onto the bones of Elisha and came alive. You, You don't need to do anything. And you will find grace in God because of his purposes and his promises. They will find will ring true, you will find grace. You will find life eternal. You will be clothed with power, not just anointed. The Holy Spirit will rise up within you like a stream of a living water refreshing your soul. You can know that. And we want you to know that kind of life, energising, reviving you in Jesus' name. But you need to throw yourself on Jesus as best you're able. And you will find life. That's what the Bible says teaches us. That's good news. So God first Cheltenham. God first Cheltenham. Stop rowing, definitely. Be a healthy crew that gets themselves in the boat, spiritually fit as best you're able, sure. Definitely pull up the sails and be filled with him. But please, empty the quiver as you move forward. There is an anointing upon you. You you must sense it in the room now. You you must, you're a different church than two years ago when I was last here. You've got arrows in a quiver to fire out and you need to figure those out, sure. I don't know what they are, but he will reveal them to you. Fire out the arrows. Empty the quiver. There will be pressure upon you. There will be the prophetic amongst you. It will require obedience. It does mean stirring your hearts and your appetites. And you will find grace because God has promised you will get what you don't deserve. Jesus is your Lord. He's your Lord. As best you're able Submit yourself to Christ. You've lost your life. You gave it up when you gave it to Jesus. You're no longer yours. You've been bought at a price. You're a slave to him. Die to self. Live to Christ. 
I, I just want to say that again. I'm trying to smile. We, we need to hear this after two years on our terms. We're a community. And we need to care about what Jesus cared about. He cared about the church, the people of God. Which does mean we've got to die to ourselves. That's the message we need to hear. And live to Christ. And fight hours of victory into the church, G1, into Cheltenham and beyond. And to throw yourself daily on him to find resurrection life daily. If you're able, could you stand? Some of you this morning have high appetite for Jesus. You're being as obedient as best you're able. But I recognise that's not everyone. So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we are confident that are you not only always with us, mm. but this morning you have been with us in a way that is different. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, I want to ask even now, would you come upon everyone in this hall? Come now in a way that is real, that feels tangible, that's visceral, or one that brings great assurance and life to the truths of Jesus. Come now, Holy Spirit. I pray that everyone here, as best they're able, would, even in this moment, throw themselves again on Jesus. Those who feel spiritually vigorous, those who feel weary and cynical and tired. And everyone in between, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. If you're wherever you are now, just invite the Holy Spirit. If you're not yet following Jesus, just say, God, if you're real, come upon me by your Spirit now. Come on, we're the people of the Word and the people of the Spirit. We're meeting with God now. There's a sense of being active. This isn't a passive moment. It's not what God's going to do to you. It's you engaging with God. I don't know what that means for you. So just invite now. Come, Holy Spirit. Just engage verbally if you need to or quietly in your mind. Just engage with God now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Move. Move now. Strengthen hearts. Grace to be obedient. To receive truth again. To deal with pressure. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.